The Green Bay Packers are not going all in this season to try and win a Super Bowl. They have invested in a number of young players. In fact, most of the roster is young players. But does that mean that they couldn't or shouldn't sign any free agents at this point in their roster building process for this season? We make the case that there are still players out there that the Packers could and should sign. And why? All of that on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. So at this point in the offseason, the rosters are mostly set. But as we approach July, when camps start to open, we have passed June 1. Teams are starting to make some decisions on their roster. The Vikings, for example, just cut Dalvin Cook. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the show because there is a Packers tie-in here. But there was a lot of ink spilled and time spent talking about the Packers rebuilding. Are they rebuilding? Are they not? And I understand we're going to put that discourse aside because I think at this point, everyone is going to agree to disagree or they're not going to agree to disagree. But if you disagree, no one is swaying anyone else to their side at, at this point in time. And that's fine. But there was a sentiment that I heard often from fans on Twitter, in my DMs, etc., that rather than, for example, someone like DeAndre Hopkins, we had Joe Marino on the show from Locked On NFL Scouting, a week ago, and he was saying he thinks it makes a lot of sense for the Packers to bring in someone like DeAndre Hopkins. And I heard a lot of people say no, and the reason is Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, et cetera, et cetera. I think that is useful to a point. I think veterans help a young team understand what it looks like. They understand what day-to-day it takes to be a pro in the NFL. They understand what it takes day-to-day in the off-season, on your off days. And having guys like, for example, Mercedes Lewis in your locker room is hugely important, even if it's not a Mercedes Lewis. I think bringing in, the reason the 2019 spending spree for the Packers was so useful is you had veterans coming in who were still young enough to be really hungry. We had something to prove. Preston Smith did not come from a great organization, but he came with talent and pedigree. He understood what it took to be an NFL player. And so he brings that to Green Bay. Zadarius Smith took a hunger and a drive of, I'm being overlooked. I have a chip on my shoulder. And 
I played in one of the great organizations in the NFL, Adrian Amos, not coming from a great organization in terms of the success that they'd had, but he'd seen Eddie Jackson go about his business. He had been there and done that when it comes to the NFL. And so he understood at that point in his career, when you're 26, 27, 28, you start to have the ins and outs, at least of the routines and your body and recovery and those kinds of things. Practice, that stuff is figured out. And it's it's really good to turn over your roster regularly, to bring in some new faces who can inject a little bit of life, who can inject a little bit of energy into a team. And I think the Packers, over the last few years in the in the Rodgers-Adams-Gutekunst era, because now we have to be specific about that stuff, they didn't do a good enough job about bringing in some higher profile, doesn't have to be great players, but just some bigger names, some bigger personalities who are going to come in and say, look, I want to win a Super Bowl. Let's let's really go after this, a new voice. Not that, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you need someone to say, let's go get it. But, you know, you you heard this, for example, I don't, I'm not singling him out because I think he's a bad guy. But you heard this about Mike Mike Daniels. In that locker room, he was a very big personality. He was a fierce leader and a hell of a football player. But at a certain point, guys started to tune him out because he was so boisterous every day, every year. Eventually, you need some new guys who can come in and speak a little bit of a different language or take a little bit of a different tone. You know... It didn't pan out in terms of like high-end production, but this was part of the case for Jimmy Graham. He was a different kind of personality and he didn't speak a lot, but when he spoke, people listened. Julius Peppers was no longer prime all-pro world destroyer Julius Peppers when he came to Green Bay, but he was such a great role model for the guys around him. And when he spoke, guys, listen, you don't have to bring in Charles Woodson. You can bring in Ryan Pickett. Those guys have a lot to offer a football team. So while I think it's true that you don't want to bring in players simply to bring in players, like if you think you can upgrade over Romeo Dobbs, let's say at wide receiver two, you don't have to bring in a player just to do that. In 2020, maybe 2021, That was the time where your upgrade just to upgrade is worth taking a stab at. Now, it has to be such an upgrade that you're willing to sacrifice at least some player development because the player development piece is important. But but there's also this other part. And that is, you're not stunting anyone's development if you don't have anyone to put there. So there are some positions and we're going to talk about them where the Packers just flat out could use some bodies. They don't have anyone who's even shown flashes of being anything, you know, above average in the NFL. And so bringing in someone, you're not stunting the growth of any young players because you don't really have any young players who you need to develop or it's a position where you're going to rotate a bunch of bodies anyway. And so just having one more guy actually helps the development of your young players because they can be fresh and you don't have to press them into duty if they're not ready. The last piece of this, and I think this is important, 
You look at the NBA and teams that want to bottom out and try and build from scratch the process, etc. At a certain point, you as a team, these young players, you have to learn how to win together. And if you don't have players who have done that, who have won, it becomes really hard to do that. So you look at this Eagles team from last year. That's a young team. Jalen Hurts is the the head of the snake there. But Lane Johnson has been through it. He's been to Super Bowls. Brandon Graham, been to and won Super Bowls. You bring in A.J. Brown, yes, he's a young player, but he comes from an organization in Mike Vrabel. They worked there. They No one works harder in practice than the Tennessee Titans. They were the surprise one seed when A.J. Brown was there, a team that wasn't that talented, but they did it on guts and guile. That's the perfect kind of player to bring in, highly talented veteran player with something to prove. Perfect. You bring in Hassan Reddick, been around, talented, been around, certainly had something to prove, and he proved it in Philadelphia. They didn't lose to the Chiefs because they didn't have enough experience, even if Jalen Hurts doesn't have a lot of experience, Devontae Smith doesn't have a lot of experience, Nick Sirianni doesn't have a lot of experience. Darius Slay, you know, not been in a lot of big games. James Bradbury, not been in a lot of playoff games. That's not why they lost. They lost because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are all-time great. It was really helpful to have those guys on that roster. It wasn't just the talent because Brandon Graham was already there. Lane Johnson was already there. Jason Kelsey was already there. But having those guys that have been through it, having the David Bakhtiaris, that's why I don't understand any of the noise, noise about let's trade David Bakhtiari. Why? It's really nice to have a veteran like that on your roster. You know, some of the some of the extraneous stuff, like whatever, that's a different thing. But that's a really nice veteran to have on your roster. In addition to being an all-pro caliber player when he's healthy. So with that in mind, I want to talk about some players who might make sense for Green Bay. We'll get to that in a second, though. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. $2,500 on basically a free bet because you could bet and be wrong. So you can, for example, bet the heat tonight and be wrong and it's okay. You're getting great odds on the money line. Go get it. They're, They're the zombie heat. They're like cockroaches. They will not go away. You're getting great value. On the money line, and and if you miss, it's a no sweat first bet. That's why it's called the no sweat first bet. So go to fanduelcom slash locked on and check that out today. No sweat first bet up to $2,500. fanduelcom slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers this week on the show, uh, rookie orientation series. We'll see if we can get in a Rodgers signature series. Someone asked me if that had started already. Yes, our first was with Jermichael Finley a couple weeks ago talking about the Arizona Cardinals game. If you have ideas on what kind of games you want us, moments you want us to talk about, send them to me. I am always here to listen. Okay. There are some players out there that I think could help Green Bay in just the exact ways that I have mentioned. Guys who are not going to come in and stunt the growth of your young players. Like you don't want to bring in 
a player who's going to take snaps away from Aaron Jones or even A.J. Dillon, I don't think. Number one, because it's just not going to do enough to help your team. But it's also, it like, it's not a long-term strategy. So, for example, there are some nice veteran edge players still unsigned. Yannick Ngakwe, who's still only 28 years old, by the way. I can't believe that. Jadavion Clowney. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram was good last year. They're still available. But given the Packers' edge room, Preston Smith, you've got a veteran. Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, Justin Hollins, Kingsley Nagbare, you're, you're kind of good there. Offensive line, like maybe you can make the case guys like Dalton Reisner, Ben Jones, they're available. But what are they, what are they really giving you? In terms of veteran leadership, like isn't it better to develop the Sean Ryans and and even the Yash Nymans and Zach Toms, guys that are probably going to have to play real snaps for the Packers? I think it is. We've talked about DeAndre Hopkins. I still think there's a case to be made for DeAndre Hopkins with this team because you want to maximize this window with Jordan Love. And, and every day, by the way, that he's not signed is another day where it becomes realistic for him to come to Green Bay because it might be the case that Green Bay offers him the most money. It might be like $5 million. He can go and be your, your possession backside X receiver. He fits really well with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Like if he's going to go to a team that isn't really a contender, if he's going to go to a Tennessee Titans, for example, I get Ryan Tannehill, but like the Packers provide him way more target potential than that team. It's just something that I wanted to flag. The the one that makes the most sense to me though is John Johnson III. And I've been, this is, we wrote about this on The Leap Today, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. He's the guy to me that fits all of the characteristics of the kind of player who is not going to take away any snaps from a developmental player that you have on your team because you do not have any. Like Tarverius Moore, I'm sorry, does not count. Even if he's shown some nice things in Minicamp. You have Rudy Ford, who, yes, showed some, some nice things last year. He's really fast. He will hit. He's got good instincts and coverage. Um, can make plays on the ball. Great plays against Dak Prescott in that Cowboys game. But is he really a cornerstone? Like, are you really worried about giving him or giving up his reps? Like, maybe these guys turn into really nice players. But it's a it's a gamble worth taking someone with familiarity with Joe Barry's scheme to come in and be your starting safety next to Darnell Savage, versatile player, again, knows Joe Barry's scheme, and he's not taking snaps away from any player you, whose development you're, you're highly invested in. That makes a lot of sense to me. Another name that I would at least consider, Matt Ioannidis, defensive lineman, I don't think you look at this defensive front and you go, okay, beyond Kenny Clark, you feel great about anything that's going on there. Devontae Wyatt did show some flashes, former first round pick. So his development, you'd like to continue to facilitate. But Colby Wooden, day three pick. Carl Brooks, day three pick. TJ Slayton, day three pick. This is not... Like I like those players. I think there's potential in all of those players to be solid rotational guys, but defensive line is such a rotational 
uh, position and you want to take off the plate of Kenny Clark, you're, you're a one Devontae Wyatt injury away from in base if you're going to play three down linemen starting two rookies or TJ Slayton and a rookie. That's not optimal. And so having just another body, run defense is the biggest problem that this team has. So why not give your team another opportunity to have another guy you trust out there? He's not going to cost anything. Now, yeah, he might outplay Devontae Wyatt and, and play more snaps than Wyatt. Okay, good motivation for Wyatt to, to figure things out, to work a little harder. That was one of the questions for him coming out of Georgia. Is he going to work hard enough? Is he going to be attitude-wise, mentally? Is he going to be there for what you need in terms of commitment, in terms of um, effort? Bringing in a veteran could help that. Now, they've got Kenny Clark in that room. He is a terrific leader by all accounts, and so you hope he's able to do that. Preston Smith in that front. Rashawn Gary has become a terrific leader there. And, and someone like Lucas Van Ness probably going to get some snaps as a down lineman, as a five-tech, maybe even a three-tech inside rushing the passer. So I understand not doing it, but Ioannidis is a name that I think makes a lot of sense for the Packers. And then, look, I, I understand this idea of handing the keys to Jordan Love. But given where these teams are and this team is in, in its development, I don't think bringing in a veteran backup quarterback is really going to scare Jordan Love. And I don't think you're going to have a fan base. Like it's different in a place like New England. Like you have Cam Newton and if Mac Jones is playing and he stinks, they expect to win and, you know, coming off Tom Brady, all that stuff. So they're going to be agitating for Cam Newton. No, no, that's not going to be what happens. Or the players are going to be agitating for Cam Newton. That's probably not going to happen in Green Bay regardless of who you bring in. So, bringing in a veteran, I thought Matt Ryan made a lot of sense for Green Bay before he decided to go into the broadcast booth. Good for him for doing that. But Teddy Bridgewater is still out there. He's still unsigned. He's just a veteran presence. To have Jordan Love come off the sideline and have a conversation with someone who has been there and done that, who has seen you know, NFL defenses for a long time now, 2014 draft, he's 30, He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He knows how to, how to get ready. And he's a likable guy. By all accounts, he's a really good guy in the locker room. So I think having someone like that would be of value to be, to Green Bay. I think maybe that their, their thought is, okay, let's get Jordan Love all these reps, all these opportunities. And then right before the season starts, you sign a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. And if you don't get him, like it's not that big a deal. Like I almost said, well, but then you run the risk of not signing him and in my head, I'm going, yeah, but like, who cares? And that's true. Who cares? It's just, it's a nice thing to have. It's a nice to have, not a need to have. I talk about this all the time. I think there's value in bringing in someone like that. Because this is, again, all of these, these checkpoints you want to hit with these veterans. Not taking away developmental time. Jordan Love is the starter. And if he struggles, no one's going to be saying, put in Teddy Bridgewater. No. Probably not. The goal of this season and probably next season is to see what Jordan Love has. And he's he's not really good enough to threaten the starter, I don't think, at this point in his career. So you're not worried about him taking away snaps. So if you're, if you're not going to play well enough to beat out the starter, then you're just going to be a backup. And if you're just going to be a backup at quarterback, it might actually be really nice to have if Jordan Love misses a game or two, 
He's never had to play 17 games in a season. Hasn't played really any meaningful games since college. Not an injury risk necessarily, but if you need someone for a game or two, right now their options are Sean Clifford and Danny Entling. That's not going to get it done. So I do think there's something here, just having someone that you you feel like you can go out there and start, spot start, play a second half for you because none of the quarterbacks currently on the roster are that. All right, we're going to finish up here in just a second. But before we do, thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Everydayers, uh, we have more coming up this week on Locked on Packers. Please go subscribe to The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Uh, we announced today we're partnering with uh, Underdog Fantasy to do um, uh, some, some running stuff all throughout the um, the seat well the the run up to the season and into the season so go check that out um and follow me on twitter of course peter underscore Bukowski, but also go check out locked on sports today it is our all sports show um, on the locked on podcast network all this, all the big stories you need in under 20 minutes okay last thing i want to hit on here the vikings cut dalvin cook and why is that important why is that relevant to the Packers? Well, he signed his contract right around the, the time Aaron Jones signed his. So did Alvin Kamara. And if you look at the underlying numbers, Aaron Jones has been exponentially better than those guys. If you look at the tape, Aaron Jones has been better than those guys. Well, why are they related? Well, because Aaron Jones' cap number was going to spike. I told you from the moment that that was signed, he would never play on a $20 million cap hit year that was never going to happen and not because I thought he was going to get cut I never thought he was going to get cut frankly I was just sort of like they're going to redo this deal and that's exactly what they did and Aaron Jones took a little less money to extend and the reason I'm bringing this up relative to Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook got straight up cut he will not make I'm telling you I know Miami's interested and there's a great fit there he will not make as much on his contract, as Aaron Jones will make on his. And he's going to a new team with more uncertainty for his career than Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones and his agent did a really smart thing by saying, look, rather than having to hit the open market where it is bleak, even for good running backs. This is the, the Dalvin Cook thing is proof. The thousand yard rusher last year. By, you know, by fantasy metrics, if you just look at raw production, a solid fantasy running back. Now, I actually watched him play last year. He did not look great. There's some flashes. You know, that one that one play against Indianapolis is going to stand on people's minds. But he was clearly a declining player. And clearly, the Minnesota Vikings believed that he was a declining player, not worth the money he was going to be paid. And so if he's not going to get that, and I don't think he's going to get close to that on the open market. Because if he were, a team would have traded for him by now. I mean, at Modest, you give up a fifth round pick if you're going to sign a guy to a $10 million deal, $12 million deal. I think he'll be lucky to get six or eight. And it'll the contract will get announced that he's signing an eight or $10 million deal. And it really will be a $4 million deal that's worth up to 10 that will never, ever in a million years be 10 is what he will do. So this, this was a great move by the Packers to sign the deal that they did with Aaron Jones to begin with. They have gotten him on a below market deal since then. Then they renegotiated it because 
Aaron Jones and his team had the foresight, and by his team, I mean his agents, the foresight to say, the open market stinks for running backs. The Packers value us. They'll give us a contract that is better than any contract that is out there. Maybe Minnesota was just not willing to do that with Delvin Cook. Part of that is Aaron Jones is still, I think, one of the best running backs in the league. He really, since since Matt LaFleur has been in Green Bay, I think you can make the case Aaron Jones has been a top five running back every year. Top eight to be sure. And he should be again this year. This should be a really good running team again this year. So the Packers did, did a smart thing by giving a two-year a two deal that was really a, you know, it was a four-year deal that's really a two-year deal. And then they, they, I think you have to be willing to just say, well, then you can go. But maybe they, we don't know the details. Maybe they pitched him on this idea. Hey, take a little bit less and stay. We really want you, but just take a, just help us out here because they have the cap issue. And that's the great thing. You put in those poison pill kind of years knowing that that becomes an inflection point. So you go to them and you say, hey, look, you know, we put this in the deal so that it looked better on the big numbers, but you know, we're not going to, you know, we can't have you on a $20 million cap hit. So let's, let's rework this out. Um, let's take the money down a little bit, but we'll, we'll give you another year and all that. That's what they did. That's ultimately what happened, whether or not they came to Aaron Jones or the other way around. doesn't ultimately matter, although it would be nice to know. But this ends up being a win-win and the Packers get to keep one of the best running backs in the league and really, I think, one of the engines of their offense over the last few years and someone that they are going to count on very heavily this year, next year, and moving forward in the Jordan Love era. All right, back tomorrow. A lot more this week on Locked on Packers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, on our YouTube page, you can go subscribe to our Locked on Packers YouTube page to get all of that so you can stay Locked on Packers. 